Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 13 is here, and the boys are buzzing tonight. Down a man, but the show must go on, as they say in the podcasting biz. Johnny Rowe joins me tonight. Blaine on a company retreat to Baltimore, uh, where he is with his girlfriend, I believe, um, for some work events. So we wish him all the best in that. But football will be played this weekend, and it starts tomorrow on Thursday. Before we hop into the NFL Week 13 slate, we got two housekeeping things. We're going to go over our NFL Week 12 takeaway. And first, we got to check in with our boy, Johnny Rowe. Johnny, how are you, buddy? Chandler, I'm doing great. Happy to hop on here and talk football with you. It's been a little bit because we recorded last week's huge Thanksgiving slate early. Um, it feels like it's been forever since we've done a recap episode, uh, sorry, a preview episode, but um, super pumped. You know, there's some stinky games this week, but there is a lot of interesting matchups to get into. Unfortunately, Blaine's not here, but he's taking care of business out in Baltimore, and we wish him all the best and uh, can't wait to talk to him soon. So, yeah, man, I mean, you know, we're kind of in that point in the year where they're, you know, we're week 13. There are some teams that we know that they're kind of coasting towards the end of the year. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of teams that are still trying to get into the playoffs. And with that additional playoff spot added, uh, it makes it that more interesting. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, a lot of teams battling. Much like myself, a little credit to me here, battling a sickness. I think I'm on the downhill slide of the man flu, as Johnny so lovingly put it. When you drink five days in a row and you're not really used to that and you're on the road a lot, traveling – you get a little rundown and get a little some flu-like symptoms. I've been battling. I, if, for the listeners, if you listen to me on the Monday pod, I thought my voice wasn't going to make it through. I'm here. I have the E. Johnny has the E. Let's go over our Week 12 takeaway real quick. I'll go first since I've got the mic on me. My Week 12 takeaway is, Johnny, this is kind of actually throwing a little bit of shade at me and myself here. Because I don't think that I have taken the Miami Dolphins as seriously as I maybe should have. Um, I mean, I've obviously known they've had Tyreek Hill for the entire season. And they just played Houston last week, which you think, well, Chandler, what do you mean? They just beat up on Houston. And Miami is a legit team. They're sitting at 8-3 and three right now, I believe, first in their division. And, uh, Johnny, that's my takeaway. This Miami Dolphins team is really good, and and they could be a first seed in the AFC if things could fall their way. I don't see that happening, but this is a team that is going to cause a little issue for teams in the playoffs and could pick up a first-round win, in my opinion. So my Week 12 takeaway, take the Dolphins seriously if your name is Chandler. Johnny? No, that's a really good one, and I was actually kind of familiarizing myself with the slate earlier and the Dolphins have an awesome matchup, um, and the late window on Sunday is really good, the 3 o'clock window, but the Dolphins will play uh, against the 49ers in San Francisco, so we'll really have a, a good chance to see how good they are against that 49ers defense, but if you look ahead in the Dolphins' schedule, they still play at the Chargers, at the Bills, um, and they have some divisional matchups at, at the end of the year. Here's their schedule at 49ers at chargers at Bills. So three straight road games here for the dolphins. Then they finish the season, uh, with two of three at home, home versus the Packers at the Patriots, 
home versus the Jets. So the Dolphins have a lot of tough games coming up. So uh, I'm with you, though. I definitely underestimated them. And for as low as I was on Tua, uh, he's really impressed me. But but Mike McDaniel's just like a mad scientist. Like he's just mm-hmm. a really good coach. My Week 12 takeaway is that – so I, I, I caught the uh, – you know, the late window was when the, um, the 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 Chiefs were playing. And so I was also watching Red Zone on the other TV. And that was where I was watching, you know, the highlights of that Raiders-Seahawks game. And the Raiders, of course, walk off overtime touchdown, 86-yarder by Josh Jacobs. And it just made me think, like, I don't know if we have any Raiders listeners, but I – and I don't like the Raiders because you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, but they have been – so horribly mismanaged as of late. I like, I like almost feel bad for Raiders fans. I said almost, I don't, I don't actually, but you know, some of these draft picks in the Gruden and Mayock era, um, you know, Cleland Furl crap, Jonathan Abram cut from their team, just got cut from the Packers who picked him up. Damon Arnett out of the league, you know, cut by them, picked up by the chiefs and the chiefs cut him because he was like, holding guns to his phone, threatening people on the internet. <laughs> Henry Henry Ruggs, we of course know that terrible situation. Josh Jacobs, like one of the only good early picks, right? Josh Jacobs' first round pick. They declined his fifth-year option before the season. And look, I know you probably don't want to pay your, your running back a whole bunch of money in this in, in the league these these days. But if you're taking a running back in the first round, isn't like the whole reason to give him the fifth year option, right? Like he's at least going to be cheap because he has got a fifth year option. That was the whole reasoning the Chiefs, I think, took Clyde at 32, which was a terrible pick. I don't know if they'll give him the fifth year option, but you'd think if you took Josh Jacobs, you give him the fifth year option. Anyways, on Sunday, he went for over 300 all-purpose yards, and he's been an absolute beast this year. And just like a couple, like, you know, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Out. Bri- he's on the Bears. Like, Brian Edwards has been picked up on the Chiefs practice squad. The Raiders drafted him. Like, Lynn Bowden. You know, these are like Trayvon Mullen. These are like decent draft picks you know and you got to give him some of the some of these right like Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby were fourth and fifth round picks so they did good there but man dude the Raiders are just so horribly mismanaged and they've won a couple games in a row and they've got a, a game against the Chargers this week but it's like they're just like one of those franchises that cannot get out of their own way and even when they do some even when they do something good like Josh Jacobs, I don't know. They 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 didn't pick up his fifth year option. So, but having said all of that, if we do have any Raiders listeners, fuck the Raiders. All right, Chandler, let's go. <laughs> well said. I have two points where we move on. I love Josh Jacobs. First off, I think he's a great running back. But second, he has carried my fantasy team in three separate weeks this year. And I have started him every single time that he's been available, which has been about 95% of the season. I think he might have missed one game, if I remember correctly, maybe one. But regardless, he's been really good fantasy-wise. Second point, going back to the Dolphins that you were talking about, you're going over their schedule. Going to be interesting to see them in all these kind of primetime slots, these teams that are not used to necessarily having the best, you know, coverage or whatever. They go 
to San Francisco in the afternoon this week. Then they got flexed to Sunday Night Football next week against the Chargers. So they're going to be in the spotlight here. We'll see what the Dolphins can do. Let's get into the Week 13 slate, Johnny. Quit beating around the bush here and let's get after it. Thursday Night Football, a good matchup in my opinion. Buffalo travels to New England. Huge for Chiefs Kingdom here um, in terms of what we want the Buffalo Bills to do. But when you look at this game, it doesn't match up great for New England unless the New England defense comes to play, which I have no issue saying that they're going to. Um, New England's defense has been playing really well. I know they gave up 33 points the other night to Minnesota, but that's kind of an anomaly given what how their season's been going. And in the divisional matchup, I look for Bill Belichick to do some things that Josh Allen hadn't seen and maybe make life very difficult on him. But on the flip side, New England's offense is just not that good. And Buffalo's defense, yes, a little injury-ridden, but I have faith in them to get this done on the road in Foxborough. I'm going to take Buffalo here, Johnny, but obviously, let's go New England. <laughs> Absolutely, let's go New England here. Um, over-unders 43.5, Bills minus 3.5. And uh, New England, if you like them, plus 160 on the money line. I really like this game. On the Buffalo side, Deion Dawkins, their left tackle, and, of course, Von Miller are not going to play in this game. On the Patriots side of things, Damian Harris is going to be out, which means it's going to be all Ramondre, and he is just really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out to Blaine for calling that early and uh, giving people advice to draft him in their drafts. If you've got Ramondre on your fantasy team, you're, you're, you're probably in a good playoff spot right now. So, um, Vegas seems with this line Bills minus three and a half right so New England at home Belichick plus three and a half plus 160 on the money line totals low at 43 and a half. this seems like Vegas is baiting me and begging me to take New England here and I'm just not going to do it I'm not going to do it I'm, I'm taking Buffalo minus three and a half like this is Bill Belichick against Josh Allen. This is not Bill Belichick against one of these younger quarterbacks that he's had a lot of success in at home late in seasons. And like Josh Allen has done pretty well against the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like them. I like them here, even if they're banged up. Definitely watch whoever's playing left tackle for the Bills and how this offensive line protects Josh because New England does generate pressure. Matthew Judon is a total beast. Um, and with the backup left tackle, that's less than ideal but josh can escape josh can create he can he obviously loves to run so uh yeah i'll take the bills minus three and a half here i mean maybe i i get a little conservative and tease that down to two and a half so i can win by a field goal or something like that but i i I like the bills minus three and a half here the weather's supposed to be um low winds between five and 15 miles an hour temperatures in the low 30s it's not supposed to be uh, have any type of precipitation so Pretty good conditions. Give me Buffalo. Yeah, I love it. And kind of rare here. Most of the, uh, very rare that it's Thursday, Thursday for a team um, with that week with Buffalo having to play on Thanksgiving. So, um, a weird, necessi- weird for Buffalo. You're right because it was the snow apocalypse. Yeah. Have to on a whim play a game in Detroit when you're supposed mm-hmm. to have it at home. Then you have to go to Detroit again 
And now you have kind of like a mini, uh, you think you have like a mini, a mini buy, but you don't, you, it's another, it's another Thursday game. So essentially like a full week for them, but, um, three straight road games for them. And I don't know, maybe they were on, they were on the road before that first trip to Ford field. So yeah, it's, it's weird for Buffalo, but I just think they, I think they could win by a good amount. Yeah, I do too. Moving to Sunday. Unfortunately, Johnny, this could potentially be a stinky tag, but I'm not going to do it to the slate just because we're starting off with it. So no stinky tag here, but it could be stinky. Pittsburgh goes to Atlanta. Uh, Pittsburgh on Monday night picked up the win against the Colts um, in a game that I, I'm going to be honest with the listeners here, I did not watch a single second of. I did not watch any part of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Indianapolis Colts game. That's how little I cared about it. But having watched the highlights, um, Kenny Pickett looked pretty decent in the first half. I kind of like what he did. Maybe he's a dome guy. So that kind of makes it seem like he might have some success in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a weird team, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say about them at this point. Um, they're in every game. They make every game like really weird, um, except for when they went to Cincinnati. But this is a really this is like a coin flip game for me because both teams are kind of in in a in a weird spot. Pittsburgh can make things really nasty with their defense. They're minus one on the road per Johnny Rowe. Um, I'm gonna go with the with the Steelers here. I almost said Falcons, and maybe that's a Freudian slip, but I'm gonna stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think TJ Watt can do enough, honestly, to, to wreck this game and uh, uh, make it really uncomfortable back there for, I believe it's still Mariota. So give me Pittsburgh over Atlanta. Johnny? Okay, I think I saw Kyle Pitts had season-ending surgery. Not that that even matters. I don't give him the ball anyway in Atlanta. But Atlanta's plus one here, and you were right about them keeping games kind of close. I kind of like it. And, yeah. you know, it, at plus one, I, I didn't see what the uh, the numbers were, but I did see on a book you can get Atlanta plus 100 on the money line. So, like, you know, at, at a one-point spread, you just think they're going to win the game. You might as well just bet that. And uh, I put on here, this game flat out stinks. <laughs> uh, Najee Harris is questionable. I don't think he's going to play. He had an abdomen injury that kept him out of that Monday night football game against the Colts, which I'm a sick freak. And I watched every snap of that game. Um, and it was awful, uh, but was amazing at the same time because it's, it's the NFL. So uh, I'll take the Falcons here. And I really just think that's all we should say about it and move on. Uh, give me Falcons money line at plus hundred. Seems like Johnny might have placed a stinky tag on there for the pod, which I'm fine with because it it probably deserves it. Green Bay goes on the road to play Chicago in Chicago. Interesting matchup here at noon. Um, Justin Fields has been questionable. It seems like he's going to play, though, from what I've heard the past couple of days. Um, Rogers also questionable, but I listened to him on a on a competing podcast called the Pat McAfee Show. Not that big of a show compared to the figure it out pod, but um, Roger said he was going to play. So that kind of interests me in a way. This game got interesting because it seems like both those quarterbacks are going to play. Um, but man, Green Bay on Sunday night football, they, I was surprised that they competed that well with the pack or with the Eagles, excuse me, 
and uh, made it kind of interesting towards the end. Only lost by seven, I believe. Um, Chicago, I mean, a good win for them last week, I guess. Uh, but I don't know, man. How do you pick against Aaron Rodgers in this game? I mean, he flat out owns Chicago. But for the pod and for Turner Burner, I'm taking the Bears uh, to cover this spread at home. Um, plus four and a half at home. I think Fields can do enough against this Green Bay defense, who I've not been impressed with since they've had some serious injuries um, on that side of the football. <clears throat> I'm going to take Chicago plus four and a half with the knowledge that Rodgers in this offense, while it's not great, Chicago's defense is that bad, Johnny. Um, I'm going to take Chicago plus four and a half, but I can totally see Green Bay blowing them out. That was the way to, that was a good way to cover all of your bases there. You can yeah. make a pick, but say why your pick sucks because mm-hmm. I think the Bears are in a bad spot. If Fields can go, he was limited today. That is something for them with your covering and potentially winning the game because, yes, Rodgers just – even in the terrible state this team is, the injured state that Rodgers is, and he's going to play, he he does just own the Bears. And there there is something to that. And so – I am picking Packers minus four and a half. I don't love the number. So this could be like a Packers money line that you throw into a parlay if you want. But um, if Fields can go, then then this is a different story. Um, But in in this state right now, with him limited, with it being a separated shoulder, I I just like couldn't, if I had to bet it right now, bet on bet on the bears trevor simeon the backup did not practice today with an oblique injury right so it's either fields kind of hurt or peterman like that's bad um so if you're a crazy person you can bet the bears plus 165 on the money line if you've got huge balls you can do that but i don't have balls that big so give me the packers here and (laughs) hey hey chan okay the pod last week and the week before that, I was kind of talking about Jordan Love. Yeah. He didn't look that bad. He didn't look – I'm not saying he's like a good quarterback or anything, but I think he looked good enough in that game that if the Packers were to have a nightmare situation here and lose and be 4-9, he, he could be in line to start a few games at the end of the year because, I like I was saying, is Green Bay has to. If they're out of contention, why are they starting Rodgers at all? Yeah, I don't know. Technically, Green Bay is still in contention in a weird way. I think that's kind of why. But, yeah, he did look pretty good on Sunday. Um, now, is that Philly taking their foot off the gas or not? I don't know. But still, he did look pretty good. Jacksonville. Well, the, the, well Chandler, he he stinks. <clears throat> Jordan Love's bad. But what I'm saying is is that they traded in back into the first round to take Jordan Love. If they get to a point where they're out of contention, Rodgers is racking up these injuries, they have got to try Jordan Love. Like, not as a fill-in starter like he did against the Chiefs when Rodgers didn't play because of COVID or whatever that was or because he was hurt. Not beca- not as like a late-game substitution. Like, they're going to have to block off the last, mm-hmm. like, four games of the year. He's preparing as the starter. Rodgers is not going to dress. It's love or or nothing. 
just to even see if it works. That's that's kind of the point that I'm trying. Yeah, I love it. Jacksonville goes on the road to play Detroit. Jacksonville coming off a shocking win against the Ravens, coming from behind to win the game by one point. And Detroit making it frisky on Thanksgiving against um, against Buffalo, but just not enough horses to get them over the finish line there um, in that matchup. But both of these teams are very frisky. Battle of the Cats here. Um, I kind of like Trevor Lawrence indoors, honestly, Johnny. And this Detroit defense is not that good. Josh Allen kind of did whatever he wanted. Um, I, I know that they 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 caused some issues or uh, at moments in that game, but I, this is a very interesting matchup too to me. And it is I'm putting a stinky tag on this because both these teams are so stinky. It's almost going to be a good game. Um, Jacksonville is showing signs that they are going in the right direction. I like what Lawrence is doing. I like what Trap. Uh, it's Travis Etienne. I love what he's been doing. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville here to outright win um, because I just don't think Detroit can stop them. And that's crazy to say about Jacksonville. But with the way Trevor Lawrence has been playing recently and with the way they can run the ball, um, they have some confidence right now. And they got a big win against Baltimore. I think they carry that in to the Motor City and take care of business against Detroit. For as much shit as I've talked on both of these teams, this game could get fun. This is a 51-and-a-half-point spread, so Vegas thinks there's going to be points indoors like uh, like we just talked about. Yeah, this could be fun. Um, listen to this. I, 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 was, I was curious. So the Jaguars are 4-7. and seven. In the AFC South, of course, it's led by the 7-4 and four Tennessee Titans. If the Jags can win this game and go to 5-7, and seven, they're not totally dead. Especially if Tennessee, which we'll talk about later, loses to Philadelphia on the road. If they're seven and five and the Jags are five and seven, this is the remaining schedule for the Jags. Titans, Cowboys, Jets, Texans, Titans. Okay, I know that's not the easiest thing in the world, right? But you have two games against the Titans who are two games ahead of you. The Jags are not and and a game against the Texans in there. Like, this is the position, if you're a, one of the, these teams with a bad record, that you, that you want to be in. Like, they pretty much control their own destiny, right? Like, they don't need any weird shit to happen. Like, the Jags can win against the Lions here. And like I just said, like, they have three divisional games left. Two of those are against the team trying to get past to get into the playoffs. So, the Jags have a lot to play for here. Trevor Lawrence looked pretty fucking good against the Ravens. And maybe this is something for them to build off of. But yeah, this game could get a little squirrely with that 51 and a half point spread. I'll take the Jags because they have a lot to play for. Give me the Jags minus one. Oh, could it get the Johnny Road Jags creeping back into the podcast? No, no, no JRJ. No, out. No JR Jags, huh? Okay. Well, we'll keep it. We'll keep our eye on that because they might. You never know, Johnny, but you never know. <clears throat> New York Jets go on the road to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm actually glad Blaine isn't here um, for this one. Um, the Jets, let's start with there. Jets look friskier with Mike White out there at quarterback. Got the ball around. Garrett Wilson looked really good last week. Um, 
if he had a stable quarterback all year, if he had Mike White all year, I think I would have been two for two on my rookies of the year picks with me picking Garrett Wilson to win offensive rookie of the year. But um, Minnesota, they are just not good, Johnny. I mean, I I just am not sold on Minnesota at all. Um, I'm going to did – you, did you send me the line here, Johnny? What is it? Okay, I got it. I mean, that's the thing, too. Minnesota at home, they're minus three. So what does that tell you that Vegas thinks of the Minnesota Vikings? Against this team, Minnesota supposedly is supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFC, um, potential Super Bowl, potential NFC championship game. And they're minus three at home after beating New England against the Jets. I mean, come on. Vegas knows that I'm right here. They are a fraudulent 9-2 and football team. And they might win this game, but I'm going to take the Jets plus three, honestly, because I think Mike White could throw the football around the yard a little bit against this Minnesota defense. If you can contain Zadarius Smith, this Vikings defense is really not that good, in my opinion. It really isn't. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets plus three. I think Minnesota wins in a nail-biter. They do not want to lose this game or they're going to feel my wrath. I can tell you that, Johnny. Yeah, I uh, I'm back to absolutely despising Minnesota. Um, I I bet a Thanksgiving Day parlay that all it was. Um, what was the first game? It was Bills money line, Cowboys money line, Patriots money line at plus one twenty five, and that made my odds amazing. And it, it, I was really really into that game, and the Patriots offense is not very good and it was taking it to Minnesota and I, I I looked after all of this after Minnesota won that game and like just looked back at the game looked back at Minnesota's season and they're just so lucky like they're they're, they're, they're just getting the ball is just bouncing their way like they should have lost to the Bills and I don't want to hear like oh well they didn't should have dude th- Josh Allen literally fumbled the ball in the end zone. That's the only reason you even had a chance, like at the very end of the game, like the most fluky, weird shit ever. And in this game too, it was super fluky. Uh, going back to last week for Minnesota against, against the against the Patriots, like Kirk had another terrible pick. Kirk did make some, some big throws, but like new England go, or uh, new England goes up by a touchdown oh, kick return for a touchdown. Those never happen in the NFL. Like never. New England forces a punt on its fourth and four at the end of the game. New England has a chance to go down and probably get a field goal and win the game or whatever it is, running into the kicker first down. Like, listen to this. New England in that last game scored 25-plus points, had 400-plus total yards. They outgained the Vikings – they completed over 70% of their passes. They had less than 60 penalty yards, no turnovers, no missed field goals. In the Super Bowl era, when a team did those things, they were 170 and 0 before that point. <laughs> Minnesota just gets lu- Minnesota just gets lucky. And of course, that was the 171st game, the one that I bet where all that shit happened. You know, I, I like that stat because it's 170 games, sam- 171 now game sample size. It's not like it's like a 
that was a lot of stuff I rattled off, but it wasn't like, you know, a lot of that stuff happens. And whenever it happens, teams win. Minnesota is just getting lucky. And I actually do think if Blaine was on here, he would admit that, that I'm right about that. The ball's bouncing their way this season. I really, no, I really do. Blaine, Blaine is, Blaine would, maybe not if it was just you and him, but with me <laughs> here, I think Blaine would admit that because, because I really think there's going to be a point and it could be this game where Minnesota gets exposed. It already happened against, against Dallas. Right. And, and, and Minnesota and New England's not a very good team. I mean, they're in like last place in their division and, and all that stuff happened. I think Mike White is good enough. I don't think he's the, as good as he was in the last game and he played the Bears. I think Mike White is good enough and this Jets defense is nasty. Yeah. I think they could muck it. I think they could muck it up here and cover the three points. There's a chance, I really think there's a chance that Minnesota can a good chance that Minnesota can win this game, but but man, I I, I think that I think Mike White and these guys can get it done. And, you know, the Jets are seven and four. This is a this is a really good matchup. Give me the Jets plus three here. And uh I officially Yeah. Um and also keep your eye on all day. Keep your eye on Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Garner. That's gonna be an awesome, awesome matchup. Uh speaking of awesome matchup, one we honestly probably wouldn't have thought would be that awesome. Washington Commanders go on the road to take on divisional rival the New York Giants in a pivotal NFC battle. Uh, this is this has a lot of implications on this game. Um, the Giants trending down. Started off really hot, lost two in a row. They lost on Thanksgiving to Dallas uh, by seven. And the Commanders won an ugly game against Atlanta. But a win is a win, and they are trending in the right direction. The Commanders are rallying behind Heineke. Um, I don't know how you don't pick Washington here. Two and a half point favorites on the road. Um, The Giants are really trending down, and I think that the commander's defense can get after Daniel Jones. Um, He didn't play terrible um, on Thanksgiving, but there seemed to be a lot of opportunities for him to get some yards with his feet that he didn't take advantage of. And I think that's something to monitor um, moving forward. Cause he has been known to be a guy that's willing to run. And I didn't think he ran enough um, against the Cowboys, but Washington trending up, they have all the momentum Heineke playing well. They have unbelievable weapons. The giants defense isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily anything to write home about. I'm going to take the commanders minus two and a half on the road in the divisional game that can prove huge dividends in the NFC East going forward and really the NFC as a whole. Um, I think the Giants are crap because of their quarterback. I think, I mean, I said every week, I think Dable's good. And (laughs) there was a pretty funny, uh, the cameraman got like a good, a good, clip of Dable just giving it to the ref on Thanksgiving he was screaming at that ref which when you look back at the replay it was ridiculous because the lineman was clearly ineligible ineligibly downfield blocking I mean he was like four four or five yards down the field blocking (laughs) but I thought that was just hilarious from Dable and um I I I like Washington minus two and a half here uh they've won six out of seven 
Uh, Chase Young, who was supposed to come back last week but missed with an illness, he should be making his season debut in this game. Um, he's obviously an amazing player, so that's like a, a big get for this defense. Yes, the Giants are at home, but I think we are now seeing why people were calling them frauds. People on this podcast, all three of us, they had a pretty easy schedule early on, and now they've got a tough schedule, um, especially the rest of the way. I think I was reading that, that the, the Giants have the either the first or the second most difficult schedule for the remainder of the season. Uh, their schedule is home versus Washington, home versus Philly, at Washington, at Minnesota, home versus the Colts, at the Eagles. So they've got the Eagles and Commanders twice Wow, uh, going forward. So, yeah, I think the Giants are going to be screwed. And I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're that team that struggles late and doesn't find themselves in the playoffs and Washington team that you didn't think early on would get in there uh, makes it. So Washington minus two and a half is what I'll take. Speaking of Philly, they are going to host the Tennessee Titans in Philadelphia at noon on Sunday. Um, and Johnny and I were talking about this game before we got on. Some awesome contrast here in this game. Philadelphia struggles against the run. Tennessee only wants to run the football with Derrick Henry. Why wouldn't you? Philadelphia, not that good against the or not, excuse me, not that good at running the football, in my opinion. Tennessee, good at stopping the run. So, uh, or excuse me, I said that wrong. Philadelphia, good at running. Tennessee, good at stopping the run. So something is going to have to give or take here. Um, Tennessee, kind of a weird loss to the Bengals. And I, the problem that I have with Tennessee is that I think they're so good outside of their quarterback, man. Their quarterback just cannot get things done for this football team, and that's really been hurting them because I think if they had a competent quarterback, I think they beat the Bengals on Sunday. I really do. Um, Philadelphia has looked a little less, you know, uh, spectacular uh, since the beginning of the season, but they are still winning games. They're finding ways to win games, and that matters at this point in the season. Um, Philadelphia at home, I think it's a tough spot for the Titans. But Philly minus five, Johnny, that's really throwing me off. I don't love that number for some reason. Um, I do think that Tennessee can really try to slow this game down and limit the possessions of this Eagles offense that can be pretty dynamic. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles to win, but I'm going to take the Titans to cover plus five. I really do. I think that's a really that's a good number for them. Um, I think they can keep that within it for sure. This game rocks. Um, AJ Brown revenge game. Uh, yeah, the Eagles can run the football. They had like over 300 rushing yards between Hertz and the running backs in their last game against, uh, I think, what was that against the Packers? Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and the Titans are so stout against the run. So that, you know, something's got to give there. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how, how, how that is. And, um, AJ Brown keeps fumbling the football. He's going to have to hold on to the football. If he wants to be, you know, that all pro player that we've seen a lot of the times and the Titans have gotten Traylon Burks going, you know, they kind of, you can tell that the talk around that was they're going to trade AJ Brown. And then Traylon Burks is like a one for one replacement. He, he looks the part, uh, when healthy so far, I'm not saying he is AJ Brown yet, but he, he's at least doing some of the things for the Titans that AJ did for them. Uh, Philadelphia opened the 21-day practice window for 
defensive tackle Jordan Davis. That doesn't mean he's going to play in this game. It means he's eligible if he's healthy enough, but that would be a huge get for them. I, I, I Typically, guys don't play in that first game if they come back, so we'll see what happens there. I like Tennessee plus five. They're plus 200 on the money line if you think that this is – this is something that they could do there. I feel like Tennessee is going to want to approach Philly like they approach Kansas City for some reason. I know Philly runs the football a lot better than Kansas City, but but I feel like Tennessee Tennessee sees games like this as a chance to impose their will and to almost like scare the other team with violent football play. And I think that they could try to do that here. And uh, I just don't think that, I don't think Philly can cover the five, but I could be wrong about that. What I'm curious about is that, that Tennessee can get out of Tannehill's contract after this season. I don't think Malik Willis is ever going to develop into a guy who can throw in the NFL. I don't know. It's only been a, a game or two, but he looked really bad against the Chiefs, like Bryce Perkins level bad yeah. for the Rams. Like Malik did not look ready um, and not ready to run either. Perkins was a better runner than Malik and Malik was a really good runner in college. So I, I'm curious to see what Tennessee looking way down the line into next year will do at quarterback like are they going to be in play for somebody like Derek Carr are they going to be trying to trade up and get somebody are they going to be pulling like a blockbuster move and going to get somebody like Rodgers or something like I don't I don't know um, because I cannot see a situation where that where Tannehill's the quarterback for this team next year like I just feel like how it ended for Tennessee last year with him in the playoffs, throwing three interceptions or I don't think it was four. Yeah. I think it was three interceptions in the playoffs against the Bengals as the one seed. I just don't think that he's going to be their guy going forward. And I ultimately think he's going to be what hinders them this year. But in this spot, I think it's good enough to cover the five. So I'll take him. hundred percent moving forward. Denver goes on the road to take on Baltimore. This is a stinky game, Johnny. This is flat-out stinks, and I'm putting the stinky tag all over it. Both teams coming off really bad losses to much inferior opponents. Um, Denver is a bottom-four team in this league. I mean, they are The Panthers are not inferior. The Panthers are not inferior to Denver. Denver's that bad. They're they're fuck they're worse. <laughs> they're they're horrible. They they are worse than the Panthers. Yeah. Um it was a it was just a brutal game uh for this Denver Broncos team. Um and Baltimore on the flip side, another game that they have just let slip away. I do not get it. I think they have been leading by like nine or ten points in every single game so far this year and have lost I th- I think they're seven and four now. Um they they cannot close out games. Um they have been struggling with it all year. Uh, their defense, you always think it's going to be good. And then like Trevor Lawrence goes and he puts on that kind of performance. Um, luckily for Baltimore, I think they're going against a much worse quarterback than Trevor Lawrence right now and Russell Wilson. Um, and they're at home. I love Baltimore minus eight here. Uh, Denver just flat out can't score. I normally love Brandon McManus as a fantasy kicker. I have had to drop him in every league that I've had him in because he just does not get enough opportunities because his offense is that inept. It is a joke. 
they are one of the worst teams in the NFL, as we've already mentioned. And and it's like you probably are listening and thinking, oh, it's because you're just a Chiefs fan or whatever. But no, it's not even that. If they weren't in our division, we would still say the same things about this Denver Broncos team. They're awful. They're so bad. They got us flexed out of Sunday Night Football next Sunday. There's no way they unflexed Patrick Mahomes uh, because of the Chiefs. They unflexed it because of Denver, and that is just an embarrassment in itself. I'm all over Baltimore here in a bounce-back spot. Um, Give me the Ravens, Johnny. I'll take the Ravens, too. Uh, Denver is the second worst. Like They have the second highest odds this week. Uh, as a dog on the money line, plus 285. The only other team that uh, has a higher uh, sp- spread than that or higher odds would be the Colts, and they play at Dallas, and they're plus 375. So Denver is that bad. Like, they, they're they terrible. They have the worst coach in the NFL, and they have a quarterback that's playing at, at a, a bottom three quarterback in the league. He is fucking terrible. And if you watch – you can see that he is terrible. They've tried a lot of things. They've tried to do stuff that he did in Dallas, or uh, excuse me, in uh, in Seattle. They tried to do stuff that 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 he likes to do for his career. And and Russ has never thrown over the middle. And his charts now are the same way. It just is not. It it's just not it. And they are going. They're in hell. I. They have to find someone or something that's going to make it work with Russ or they're going to be picking it like in the top three to five for the next six years. And it's amazing. I love it. Fuck Denver. They're terrible. And uh, it, it warms my soul to see them going through this kind of stuff. They're three and eight. They have the least amount of points in the entire league and they haven't played the chiefs yet. Yeah. They're, they're, they're terrible. So they're going to lose here. If there's one thing that Denver is good at, it's making the under hit. They are in 11 games this year, 10 times the under has hit in Denver games. The over under 38 and a half here. That seems very low. I'm taking it. I'm taking that a hundred percent because Denver, yeah. no matter the opponent cannot move the football defensive linemen on the, uh, on the Broncos are yelling at Russ. There's a story today, which I don't know how true it is, but that Sierra threw Russ a birthday party and only about half the team showed up. Keep in mind, this is an off day for like, this is, this party was on an off day on earlier this week. Like they didn't have practice that day. This is the quarterback. You think if Patrick Mahomes threw a birthday party, I think, I think the team would show up. Yeah. I I, actually, he's done that and I've seen it. So, yeah, so Denver is in quite possibly the worst spot in the entire league. Maybe only the Rams, I think, can be in a worse spot than Denver right now. Um, and it's not going to get better here. I'll take Baltimore minus eight. I'll take the under, even though I think Baltimore might also be fraudulent because they keep they can't hold on. Yeah, Denver's defense, too, with the under. Denver's defense is, is pretty damn good. It's really a shame that they are just being wasted out there. Cleveland goes to Houston to take on the Texans, um, a game that you would say stinky if it didn't have this overlying story um, that is just – is actually really kind of awesome. 
Deshaun Watson returning to Houston to start for the Cleveland Browns following all the uh, sexual allegations, whatever you have or whatever you want to say about it. Um, I think that makes this game insanely interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how many Houston Texans fans are there just to try to boo him. Um, And for that, I weirdly like Houston, Johnny. Um, You just sent me that it's Cleveland minus seven. I think this Houston Texans team, if they want to win any game, it's this one. Um, Just to shove it up Deshaun Watson's ass, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) I think that city is going to be on fire. I think they might actually show up for this game. Cleveland coming off a pretty decent win against Tampa, but man, Tampa looked weird in that game too. Um, We'll talk about them here in a second. If Cleveland wants to win this game, they'll run the ball 30 times because we know from previous episodes that Houston's run defense is just abysmal. I mean, it is bad. And Chubb could honestly go for 200 yards in this game, and I would not blink an eye. Um, So I'm going to take Houston to cover. Uh, Cleveland will win, but plus seven at home in a in an emotional game, uh, a game that they're going to want to win, uh, especially just the way Deshaun Watson even left Houston. Um, it was just he's just a scumbag. So give me give me Houston plus seven. Cleveland will win the game, but I am very curious to watch this game, Johnny. I'm going to be tuned in. Yeah, the NFL loves a good storyline. So, of course, the first game back for Deshaun is this game. So, I I, I, uh, I, I don't like Deshaun. I don't like all the stuff that he was doing. So, I think that it would be hilarious if uh, – if, not to say anybody liked the stuff that he was doing, but I think it would just be hilarious if they didn't cover here. And, shit, if even Houston won, they're plus 250 on the money line. Houston is terrible. The switch to Kyle Allen did not do anything for them. They came back a little bit against Miami, but they were down 30 to nothing at the half in that game. I think it, if I think it was, yeah, if Cleveland is smart, they're going to pound the rock here and really not ask Deshaun to do that much. We, we saw Deshaun play in the preseason and he wasn't very good. And you know, and that could just be rust or something like that. But I mean, goodness, he, he's going to have rust in this spot. There's going to be a bunch of people watching, a bunch of people cheering against him. First game back after everybody knows that you're the dude who likes to get fucking jerked off and, you know, by a bunch of different people. And it could be a spot for him to crumble here. I mean, or, you know, he rises to the occasion, doesn't give a fuck, but this could be a major spot for him to mentally crumble here and I of course Houston's going to be fired up in this spot Deshaun has not played a regular seat uh he has not played a meaningful football game that actually counts in like over 700 days yeah and I I can't believe the line is seven you know even if you know even if it was Jacoby you know actually let's reverse that I think Vegas is sharp about this. I think if it was Jacoby, it would be the same line. I think Jacoby just did fine for them. So, fuck it. Chandler, I'll take uh, I'll take the Texans with you. Plus yeah. seven. Yeah. I hope Deshaun sucks in this spot. I really do. Yeah, I think uh, – I think, I think Houston's going to be fired up for this game. Um, 
And I think I think I, I think it was like January third, twenty twenty or twenty yeah, twenty I mean January third, twenty twenty one was his last appearance in a football game. So that's a long time, Johnny, to have not played a, the sport of football and to just be thrown back out there in Houston. We'll see what he's made of, I guess. Seattle going on the road to take on the Rams in the first game of the of the three o'clock slate. Um don't really need to spend much time on this. The Rams are bad. Uh, we just saw it firsthand. We've been seeing it all season, basically. The worst Super Bowl team. Worst team to have won a Super Bowl in the next year be this bad. They're the worst team ever in the National Football League. Um, Bryce Perkins is just not the guy. I mean, he was third-string quarterback for a reason. But um, it's it's not good in, in L.A. right now. On the Seattle side... Seattle, kind of in the Giants' boat, in my opinion, Johnny. Potentially fraudulent. I I actually don't like saying it about Seattle because I do kind of like their team, but they just haven't been able to uh, to to really put anything together. They lose to the Raiders last week, giving up over 300 yards to one guy, like you mentioned, Josh Jacobs going for 300 all-purpose yards. Um, Fortunately for them, I don't see anybody on the Rams that's capable of that. I I, I think it's going to be Bryce Perkins again. Um, Seattle's defense is is pretty pretty good, so I think Geno and Kenneth Walker uh, can get this done in L.A. I don't see any issues with it at all, Johnny. I'll take Seattle as well. Uh, the Rams are in a terrible spot. Their team is horrible spot, dude. Horrible. No, like no draft picks. Um, I, I just, I, you know, thankfully for the Rams, they won the Super Bowl. I mean, and and that is a fantastic accomplishment. The flag will fly forever. But, dude, like, there's just there, at what I don't cost? think they have a first round pick, Chandler. They don't have a first round pick for like the next five or six years. Right. Is that right? It seems right because I'm they traded. At, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think it is too. So, so, so they, they're in a really bad spot. I think what we're seeing with Seattle is they've already overperformed to what the expectation was before the season. But I do think we're seeing a little bit of the leveling off of them. Just top to bottom, their roster is not that good. And so they've lost two in a row. They're going to win here. But but after that, their schedule goes home versus the Panthers. They could win that. Home versus the 49ers, don't think so. At the Chiefs, don't think so. Home versus the Jets, going to be a great game. And then home versus the Rams. So, like. You know, they, they could still sneak into the playoffs, definitely, but I just they're not as high flying of a of a team as as we originally thought, in my opinion. Um, and so I, I like them in this spot at seven and a half. The Rams, you know, the Rams, like like we just said, Chandler, they, they they're gonna be picking in the top three or five. No, they're not. That pick goes to Detroit. Like they're they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be dead for a while, and um, it's crazy, Johnny. In weeks like four, five, six, middle of the season, Geno Smith is getting MVP buzz. <laughs> like, 
not necessarily anybody said he was gonna win it, but people were like he should be in a, some sort of conversation for it. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of tailored off recent <clears throat> recently as we talked about. Pardon my voice. Miami goes on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh Fox's, I, I would imagine this is gonna be Fox's game of the week. Um, because this is a huge game for both of these teams. Um, I think for either of the, which whoever wins this game, my opinion, Johnny is is uh not that it hurts the team that loses, but the team that wins is like flag pan flag planting uh themselves in the conversation for legit contender, in my opinion. Um, I think both these teams are contenders. But the winner of this game, in my opinion, goes to legit. And um, it's an interesting – it's going to be an interesting contest because there's a lot of history between these two franchises in terms of their coaches and the players. Um, Mike McDaniel, formerly in San Francisco. Jeff Wilson, formerly in San Francisco. Now both on Miami. Um, it's it's going to be a good – it's going to be a great chess match – chess match between both of these head coaches who know each other very well both teams do want to run the football it's kind of weird to say that Miami wants to but I do think at the end of the day they want to run the ball more than they want to pass it um but I think when you have Tyreek and Jalen Waddle you really have to throw it um maybe more than you would necessarily want to it's interesting because I think San Francisco's defense is the is the key here I think San Francisco's defense is better. Not saying that Miami's is bad, but I think San Francisco's defense is better, and I think they make a play. Somebody gets to Tua. Um, I think it's a close game, but I'm going to take San Francisco because they're at home. Give me the Niners. I think they just have too many weapons, too much for this Miami defense. Um, I'm going to take the Niners. Before I get into this game, I just wanted to clarify stuff for the integrity of the pod. The Rams do not have a first round pick next year. They do in 2024. If they keep on, if they keep the 2024 first round pick, it will be their first first round selection uh, since since they took Jared Goff in 2016. I just oh, wow. read that. It's absolute wow. insanity. Now, this game, other than the Chiefs game, of course. I believe is my favorite game of the week. Miami at San Francisco. I, in all honesty, I do not have a lean either way in this game. It's tough. I think this is a great matchup. And just like you said, will tell us a whole lot about what we're going to see here um, going forward with these teams. Now, We like to talk about if weather is really going to play a factor in any of these games. It's going to be in beautiful California weather. So nothing that Miami isn't used to, which of course is going to play right into what they want to do. Now, since the Chiefs match up with the 49ers, their defense has been playing amazing football. They've gotten healthy. They've been playing really sound defense. Um I believe they haven't allowed a second half point in the last five weeks or something yeah. like that. It's you were right. It's insane what this defense is doing. So having said all of that, just for the integrity of the pod, I'll take San Francisco minus four and a half. 
If you think Miami is going to win the game, try to get them now at plus 170 on the money line because I could see some people putting some money on Miami in this spot. But just for this, I'll take San Francisco. I'm really looking forward to seeing Charvarius Ward against Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Really looking forward to seeing how the Dolphins' offensive line is going to corral Bosa and, and, and what they're going to do to try to get people into space. Uh, it seems like Fre- there's like three copies of Fred Warner on the field. He is everywhere. I think he's the best linebacker in all of football. For as much good as we say about Nick Bolton, I think Fred Warner is somehow better than him. So I- I'm really curious offensively what Miami does because I'm pretty sure Teron Armstead got hurt in their last game. So he did. Know, their offensive line already is not that great. If he can't go in this spot, that would also make me want to bet San Francisco. So I'll take them minus four and a half here in a must-watch game. The Los Angeles Chargers go to the Las Vegas Raiders in an AFC West battle, 325 at Allegiant Stadium. And this is a must-win game for the Chargers, in my opinion, Johnny. And it's a bad spot for them to have to play the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders obviously going to be charged up after an emotional overtime win over Seattle. Josh Jacobs has been questionable uh, <clears throat> so far this week. <clears throat> so that is something to um, to monitor as we move through the week here. But uh, if he can go, I think, this, I think that is a huge momentum for the Raiders. Uh, they're going to ride him against this Chargers defense that we've seen firsthand can't stop the run at all. Um, I think that's why they really need Josh Jacobs to play, because I think if he does play, I don't know why you don't pick the Raiders plus two here. Um, I mean, I guess because of the Chargers offense, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really impress me that much, Johnny. It really doesn't. Even with Herbert at the helm, I think that their offense is insanely boring. Um, and and I think the Raiders have some sort of life in them. Uh, they're not going to do anything this year, but they are kind of playing a little bit better as the year has gone along. Um, they have some weird losses, but some good wins. I like the Raiders plus two, Johnny. I'm just not high on the Chargers. I'm really not. Um, it is a must win for the Chargers, though. So that that does put something into it. Minus two on the road in a divisional game. I I I want the Raiders plus two. I'm going to take the Raiders. Hell, I'm going to take the Raiders to win this game outright, Johnny. I think that the Chargers could be potentially dead after this week. I really do. Vegas is giving you Vegas. <laughs> that's funny. Vegas is giving you Raiders plus 110 on the money line. This is the, the last time that these two teams played in Vegas was that week 17 matchup last oh. week to see which team was going to go to the playoffs, right? These teams match up pretty well. Have they played this year yet? I can't. Uh, Regardless, I, I maybe you might look that you might look that yeah, up for I me. It. But I, I I like the Chargers in this spot, Chandler. I think that they have they have a lot more to play for. Um, they're coming off of a very emotional road victory against the Cardinals last week, and uh, the over under is fifty and a half. So Ve- uh, Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of points scored here. I see where you're saying what you're saying on the Raiders. You know, I, I think the Chargers are the better team, and I'd be curious to see what the injury report was today. If the Chargers have a lot of injuries, I know I'm I'm 
I think I saw something that Derwin James didn't practice today and Corey Lindsley was in the concussion protocol, but I would expect those guys to be able to go in this game because this team knows that the chart, the chargers are on the outside looking in of the playoffs, mm. I believe as of today. So they're, they're, they're going to need a win here to keep pace with what's going on. So I, and I think they're up for it. I think their coach sucks, but um, I'll take the chargers here. The chargers beat the Raiders in week one. 24 to 19. That's right. Um, and so, you know, <clears throat> two totally different football teams since that week one game. So you can't put too much stock into that, in my opinion. Um, if you're if you're looking at a betting lean here, um, I think that I, I really think that it comes down to if Josh Jacobs plays. If he plays and is healthy, I think the Raiders are in this till the end. If not, I think the Chargers can pull away. Sunday night football. Stinky. Flat out stinky. I cannot believe this game didn't get flexed out and Chiefs Bengals didn't get flexed in have after having been flexed out for Sunday night football against Denver next week. But regardless, it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts at the Dallas Cowboys. Um man, Indy, Indy just stinks. Um, I mean, I like the Jeff Saturday buzz and stuff, but they are just not not a good football team. Um, their offense is just not good. Dallas seems to be really hitting their stride. Um, that Thursday night or that Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving game with the Giants seemed like a game that past Cowboys teams would have found a way to lose. And the Cowboys have straight up figured out the perfect balance of Zeke and Tony Pollard. And I think it's taken their offense to new heights, um, in my opinion. I love Dallas's defense. I think Dallas's defense is going to flat get after the Colts' offense. And Micah Parsons loves nothing more than to sack a statue. And that is what he's going to be going against on Sunday night. Um, I think Micah Parsons could go for four. Or, I would love, I'd love a game prop. Let's set the line for Micah Parsons' sacks at three and a half. And I think I'll take the over on that. Um, I think he has a hell of a game here. For whatever reason, you think of the Colts, you think that they have a good offensive line. It's just not that good right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, they just they they're not they're not they're not a good football team, Johnny. I'm going Dallas all day here. So I am with you. I mean the Colts stink and I couldn't believe Saturday didn't call timeouts at the end of that game um you didn't watch it but if anybody out there watched it he mismanaged the clock at the end of the game which he's a new head coach but surely somebody was in his ear saying hey call fucking timeout I mean he played the game I mean Matt Ryan whatever that was you didn't watch it but um (laughs) I think the Cowboys can cover the 11 here if you are a lunatic and you're wanting to turn a little bit of money into a lot of money with a small chance of it happening, Indy is plus 375 on the money line. Um, you could either blow all your Christmas money or turn that small amount of money into a lot of money there. So the choice is up to y'all. But here's what I want to ask you about Dallas. I in the NFC, yes, they are good. I think the NFC overall is not very good. I don't think Dallas has that next level. And I'm a Cowboy hater, but I'm, I'm, I'm seriously asking. Here's, 
how their schedule has gone, okay, the whole year. And I know, I know Dak got hurt, but Cooper won a bunch of games for them, right? Yep. Dallas has beaten these teams. The Bengals, week two, Bengals are good, but the Bengals lost their first two games and looked completely out of sync. I don't I don't think Dallas has beaten the Bengals right now, okay? So they've beaten the Bengals. They've beaten Washington with with Carson Wentz. They, the Rams, the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, Woo-hoo. who we think are just lucky, and, and the Giants. Dallas in Dallas to me, other than the forty to three drubbing of Minnesota on the road, they haven't like. And they haven't really played that many teams. They just really haven't ex- like they haven't really excited me or beaten anybody crazy. I mean they they lost to Philly, they lost to Tampa, they lost to Green Bay. Like I just th- do you do you think I know their defense is good, but like do you think Dallas is that good? I just don't. It's weird, Johnny, because I do, and normally I would lean with you um, heavily here. I hate Dallas just as much as you do. Uh, I hate when they win. Um, but they are just – I think they're a good football team right now. Um, that that Tampa loss is weird. But the other two losses aren't the worst losses in the world, in my opinion. Um, and and they just seem to have a little bit of a confidence right now. And like, like, like I said just a couple minutes ago, that Thursday night, the Thursday game really stood out to me, Johnny, because it feels like that was a game that the Cowboys just historically lose. Um, a game that they should have been, they should have won, a game that had millions of people watching, um, and they just figure out a way to Dallas that game, but they didn't this time. And uh, I think that says a lot about Dak. And I absolutely love, I think they're hitting their stride with that running back room, Johnny. I really do. And I think that's giving them a lot of confidence. So they're and they're going to keep winning. They're, they're going to beat the Colts this week. They host the Texans next week. They're going to win that game. Then they go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. And if the Jaguars are winning games, that might be a good one. But I think they'll win that game too. They finish the season with an interesting three-game stretch, and that could tell us a lot about the Dallas that we're going to be getting going into January. Here's how they finish the season. On Christmas Eve day, they play at home versus Philly. That'll be an awesome game. Yeah. Then on a short week, they play Thursday night football at Tennessee. That'll mm. be a good game. Then they finish the year at Washington. And that could be a game where Washington is trying to get into the playoffs. You know, maybe Dallas doesn't start everybody or whatever. Maybe they already have their spot locked up. But they just – they have some interesting games going forward. I did not think Dallas would be as good as they look right now. I still just do not think Dallas is – like they, they, they're. I think they're lucky that football as a whole might be a little bit down, especially in the NFC. And maybe I'm biased as a Chiefs fan, and I, I watch a team that has that potential to unlock that ceiling that's just higher than everybody else. I just don't think that Dallas has that, and it's probably a. I could probably attribute it to Dak, but that's enough. We can move on. I'll take a minus eleven. 
The last three games, Johnny, all three of those games have one thing in common, and that is physicality, physicality, and physicality. Um, so you're right. We will see what kind of Dallas we're going to get in January and moving forward because you got to be up for those games, and especially playing Philly at home on a Sunday and then turning around having to go to Tennessee. That is physicality. That's a lot of physicality in a very short span. So you're right. We will see about the Dallas Cowboys. Monday Night Football, December 5th. Johnny, isn't it crazy we've been spending the whole time talking about December football? It's here and it's important. New Orleans goes to Tampa Bay in a kind of a weird matchup and honestly potentially stinky. Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, we're placing the stinky tag on both. Um, Tampa Bay, what an awful, awful loss to the Browns. Um, just, it, just no no reason in the world why they should have lost that game. And they came down to that one where it was early in the game. Or not, maybe not early in the game. I can't remember what, when in the game it was. But it was like fourth down on Cleveland's 37. It was like fourth and two. They take a delay of game and then punt it. You have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense, and you elect to do that as a head coach, Todd Bowles. I think there's a reason why he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league and a horrible head coach, and I think it's been on display here recently. But they're lucky this week because the New Orleans Saints just got shut out in a really bad game against the 49ers. Um, I don't see how how New Orleans scores. I really don't. Um, I know Alvin Kamara is on the injury report. Um, If he doesn't go, that's detrimental to the Saints. Um, Tampa, though, dude, I think Tampa is trending dead. Um, They're going to make the playoffs because the NFC is that bad, and they're probably going to win their division. If they were to lose this game, Johnny, it gets dicey in the NFC South for this Tampa Bay team. It's not some walk to the playoffs because they're going to have to win this division to get in. They're not going to make it a wild card game, I don't think, in my opinion. So Tampa's got to be on their P's and Q's. I'm going to trust in Tom Brady that he's going to get this game done. He has the better team. He's favored at home. Um, I'll take Tampa Bay minus three and a half. And the Saints are just really bad, Johnny. You were, I, you know what? You were right. Me and Blaine, uh, we early in the year, we try to give New Orleans Saints the benefit of the doubt. We try to get them going, and it just flat out hasn't worked. Uh, I'll take I'll take Tampa. Doesn't doesn't make me feel good to do that though. Uh, yeah, I'll take Tampa as well here. But you know, these teams are bad. This whole division is is awful. Tampa's leading the division at five and six. Atlanta five and seven. Carolina and New Orleans four and eight. I mean, how incredibly pathetic can you be? But if there's going to be a standalone game like this, I mean, there's a lot to play for for both of these teams. So like, yeah. they should be on their best shit. So uh, you know. I'm curious to see the injury report. I don't know if Mike Evans is is injured or not, but Chris Godwin finally looked like his old self in that game, even though they did lose. Todd Bowles obviously is a terrible head coach. I mean, we knew this about him when he was the coach of the Jets, and then people kind of forgot because time heals all wounds. And now those wounds are back because he's just not it in Tampa. Um, they suck. I mean, like – they. they 
they're probably going to make the playoffs and they're probably going to get to face the Giants or the Commanders in the first round and they're probably going to win a game like that. But I just really don't think they're very good. I, I, I saw Tristan Wirfs, their all-pro right tackle, went down. He was carted off, but the reports are that it's not as bad. But he will be out for the next few weeks. Like It's just not very good in Tampa. But in this spot, I'll take him at minus three and a half because – think it's going to be Andy Dalton again what are they doing I I don't know I mean how could how could Jameis be worse than Andy Dalton I mean Jameis Jameis losses count the same as Andy losses I don't get it It makes no sense dude um and and going back to Todd Bowles I mean just that scenario like I've never been a head coach never coached the NFL never coached in college but like good god dude Fourth and two, you're not a good football team, or you haven't been a good football team all year, and it's fourth and two on the on the Cleveland side of the field. So even if you do not get it, they still have to drive down the field. Instead, you take a delay game penalty and then you punt it. It just didn't make any sense to me, and and what an what an embarrassment. They honestly deserve to lose the game because of their coaching. Let's wrap up the show. Best game of the week. Kansas City Chiefs go to Paycor Stadium to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that has not done good things to the Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a Bengals fan, you love playing the Chiefs because, A, you've won both matchups in the last year, and, B, no matter how far you are behind, you seem to find a way to come back and beat this team. Um, we'll start with the Bengals. They got a big win on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, 20-16. to 16. Um, They seem to be hitting all strides. I believe they've won six of their last seven or something like that. They are on a, they're on a bit of a win streak here, an impressive win streak at that. Um, before we talk about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins has been going off. Burrow seems to be hitting his guys. Um, and Jamar Chase will be back this week to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. If you don't think that the Bengals have this game circled like Chiefs Kingdom does, the Bengals have this game 100% circled. And honestly, Jamar Chase probably has this game circled as well because I read on ESPN today that he himself kept him out of the Tennessee game. Um, he would have – he the Bengals – if it was up to the Bengals, he would have played. But I think he has – he knows that how big this game is, and he wanted to be 100% sure that he was healthy to take on this Kansas City Chiefs team. Sticking with the Bengals, though, before I turn it over to Johnny. And this has been the narrative the last two times we've played them, Johnny. This team, the Bengals, I, they're just not, they're just not that good, man. Like, they really aren't. They don't have any impressive wins until this past Sunday against uh, – against Tennessee they lost the Jets earlier in the year who is a frisky team but if you're a contender in the AFC you shouldn't be losing to them um I just I don't know what it is I I really don't know what it is Johnny so maybe you can talk some sense into me about the Cincinnati Bengals because I love the Chiefs here I really do so do I bro (laughs) I love the Chiefs here at two and a half but it's gonna be a great matchup the Chiefs I mean, both teams are up for this game. They don't like each other. People can go for themselves and look when they hear this, but uh, Justin Reed and 
Jamar Chase are shit talking each other on Twitter. And uh, it's it, the Chiefs are just amazing on the road, though, which is nice. They they've only lost five road games in the last four years. Um, you know, I, I could say a lot about this spot. Let's let's start with your point about the Bengals not being that good. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I would probably agree with you. Like, they're not as I don't think they're as good as the Chiefs. They could beat the Chiefs, but I mean, let's look at some of the teams that they've they've played recently. You know, they they beat the Titans in, in a good win. That's a good win for them on the road. But before that, you know, they beat the Steelers, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints. You know, they beat the Dolphins earlier in the year in that game that Tua got fucked up in. Yeah. And so like I don't I, I don't think that they have that many impressive wins. They got blown out by the Browns in that game. Um, that was on Monday Night Football, I think. But this matchup, though, is just different. What I think benefits the Chiefs is the way that they are generating pressure with their defensive line. The Chiefs' defensive line is playing really, really well. And so if they can get after Jamar Chase, and if anyone's had this – sorry, if they can get after Joe Burrow, and if anyone's had this game circle on their on their calendar, it's Chris Jones. He said he talked about it today. Like he, Chris Jones, like missed two plus oh. sacks in that playoff game on third and long. He, and he's playing at an all pro level right now. It's a new offensive line for Cincinnati, but you know he's going to do everything he can to ball out in this position, and I hope he does it. So. Yeah, Jamar Chase is really good, and T. Higgins. I don't know if Jamar Chase is going to be able to take on a full workload coming off of the injury. And looking forward, this game is big for both teams because if the Chiefs can get this win, they have a very favorable schedule going forward. Even if they get the loss, the schedule is the same. But let's say the Chiefs win and move to 10-2. and The Chiefs face Denver, Houston, Seattle, and then Denver. the Broncos again, and then the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the, that is a very favorable schedule. On the other side, let's look at Cincinnati's schedule. Let's say that, you know, they let's say Cincinnati loses this game and they drop to seven and five. They have to be, they have to face the Browns at home who already beat them. They have to go to Tampa, to New England, home versus the Bills, home versus the Ravens. So, like, they have some tough – a lot tougher games than the Chiefs do. I don't know what that does in locker room. Maybe you would know more. I know everyone's just focused on this matchup. Um, but this if – if the Bengals lose this game, they could look, be looking at a really tough – uh, you know, tough tough end of the season fight going forward. So, I, I think the Chiefs are, are going to – I think the Chiefs are going to take it to them. I, a two and a half is – a weird line. Vegas thinks it'll be close. 52 and a half point spread. That's the largest on the week. I think that's accurate, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's be, be, being a Chiefs homer, but this is a team that beat you twice last year, beat you in the playoffs. You had control of the game both times and took your foot off the gas. Dumb mistakes, stupid penalties. That's not going to happen penalties. this time. Cheers. I like what you said too, Johnny, because their Cincinnati's offensive line has not been that good. It really hasn't. So, yes, the Chiefs' D line can absolutely get after him. Mixon banged up. Don't know if he's going to go. 
I would much rather it be Samaj P. Ryan. I'd be fine if Mixon was out again this week. Of course, I don't pray or hope for injury for anybody. But, hey, Joe, hope you get better next week. Play the rest of the year all you want to. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that we need to say much about the Chiefs, Johnny. I really think that we, we know what to expect. I think we know what we have to do. And I absolutely love the revenge spot, like you said. Um, I think it's a huge opportunity for the Chiefs to submit themselves as the number one team in the AFC. I know that it has been like that for a couple of weeks, but we have had a more favorable schedule against teams that we should have been beating. And this is a time for the Chiefs to remind everybody who's the, the top dog in this in this conference. Um, and if you don't have that mindset going in, which I'm that the Chiefs always do, I don't think that there's ever been a, a time where the Chiefs don't have confidence in themselves going into a game. This is the week that you have to have the most confidence. This team has had, there was a horrible loss. The last time we were in this building, the team ruined our chance to go to another Super Bowl. Um, it's all to play for, for the chiefs. And I think you have to act like this is a playoff game. And if heaven forbid, something goes wrong, Use this as an opportunity to know and feel what it's like to play in a playoff game on the road, really. Um, use this as a – you know it's going to be a playoff environment. It's going to be charged up. Cincinnati's going to be loud. Um, so use it as an opportunity to get better and get ready for what could happen if things don't go the Chiefs' way in terms of in the playoffs, Johnny. Uh, any final thoughts on the game? Yeah, I th- – I would just I'm totally expecting a wow you are a fucking god moment from Patrick Mahomes in this game. I really am. I he he just welcomed his son Patrick Levon Bronze Mahomes the 3rd the 3rd to uh, to the to the world. Um if you watch his media availability today, he just looks like he's glowing. Patrick is so good that that this has been circled on his schedule. Like he he of course is locked in, laser focused to every game, and he he wants to win. Just wants to win, wants to win all the time. But like he knows, if you look at his career, that second half against the Bengals, he was just terrible. Bad. Bad. And that's not that's not Patrick. <clears throat> and so you know, a lot of guys you think they would they would press and they'd be like, I got to go nuts in this game. I just think we see an amazing performance from Patrick, like orchestrating the offense, professional winning, making big plays. He's, he's, he's on cloud nine. Cause he's a, 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 he has a son and like, he wants to get after these guys. And so I think that, I think that this is going to be a really big spot for, for Patrick Travis, Hopefully they can get some some. They I want them to give the ball to Pacheco twenty times again. Like let's just keep it going, and then on the defensive side, looking forward to see what Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, and the rest of the guys can do. I, I again, you're going to need two TVs on Sunday because we got the, uh, some good games on the noon slate, but there are some great matchups in the three o'clock uh, window, and this is certainly one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my final point on the game. Curious to see how the Chiefs' offensive line does. Last season, the Cincinnati Bengals' D-line 
made it very difficult for Patrick Mahomes to have a good game in the second half. So, you know, they're going to have this game a little circled um, on their calendar as well. Monitor Joe Tooney's progress. We would love to have him back. I like Nick Allegretti, but he is not Joe Tooney. Um, we're going to need him for uh, for for Sunday and going forward. Johnny, awesome slate talk. That's the slate. NFL Week 13 got in, got out. Good timing here, too. Johnny, you had a final thought for us to wrap up the show? Yeah, I do. Quickly, just to, to tie up the Chiefs game, you mentioned the Joe Tooney injury. He was a full participant in practice today. There were three people who were who did not participate Jarek McKinnon has a hamstring. Hopefully that gets worked out as the week goes on. If not, I expect to see a good amount of Ronald Jones and, of course, a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, maybe even practice squad addition Melvin Gordon, who was cut by the Broncos. Maybe he would be just active or at least a, a, a healthy scratch that game. Uh, we will see. Uh, and then elsewhere on the injury report, Kadarius Tony did not practice today with that Tony. hamstring, although Andy – and Andy Reid did say he's making good progress. That could be coach speak or whatever, but, you know, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, he's probably not going to play in this spot. And then Juju did not practice with an illness. Hopefully Juju gets better uh, going forward. I, I would expect Juju to be okay. So team's pretty healthy, getting everybody back. Juan Thornhill is also a full participant. He didn't play mm. in the last game. Chiefs, let's go. Oh, final thought would be, and it's not football related. Mm. The USA, the USA men's soccer team has made it through to the knockout round. They will play the Netherlands Saturday at 9 a.m. So before you get ready, uh, before you get all situated watching college football, maybe while you're getting ready on Saturday, pop on the USA game. I assume it's going to be on Fox, but the USA and Netherlands Saturday, 9 a.m., Let's go, USA. I absolutely love it, Johnny. Really well said. And also, let's keep Melvin Gordon. Uh, let's not let him play. Uh, he fumbles yeah, a lot. He's And he has he has Denver juju on him. Johnny, awesome episode as always. Back on Monday for the recap after the Chiefs-Bengals game. And we'll be back next week for NFL Week 14. Not a lot of episodes remaining, Johnny. We have some playoffs, obviously, coming up. But um, in terms of the regular season... We're dwindling here, and I don't like to dwindle. So let's make the uh, let's make the rest of the season one to remember as we continue to do week in and week out. Thank you for the listeners to listening to the podcast. We love you guys. We hope you love what we're doing here. We're going to continue to do it. Johnny, good talking to you. Have a great night, buddy. Go Chiefs.